Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week, we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. We hope you find this message encouraging. with you this morning for just a few minutes and uh, I've just this has been on my heart for a while uh, we had talked about how to know the will of God how to do the will of God and and then I'm going to talk about this morning how to feel the presence of God how can I feel the presence of God one of the things that sometimes I think we get caught up in is life sometimes it's tough have you ever ever had anything go unexpectedly, not the way you planned. Okay, I think that would be all of us. And sometimes it goes so wrong that we're just wondering, Lord, why? And so uh, how can I feel the presence of God in those tough times? The subtitle of this would be how to, how to keep looking up when you're feeling down. Uh, debated on which to call it, but it sounded better to put it, how can I feel the presence, God's presence? So... Um, We're going to be looking at this morning a couple of long portions of Scripture. Don't worry, I'm not going to read them all, so don't freak out whenever I tell you. But Psalm 42 and 43, we are not going to read both of those. Uh, But here's the thing. Those Psalms most likely were originally one Psalm. Uh, Sometimes uh, it is attributed to David as author of this Psalm. And David was a prolific, prolific songwriter psalm writer and uh david uh loved to tell a story how many of you ever heard of a guy called brad paisley you ever notice brad paisley writes all of his songs that tell a story <laughs> they're not just a song and making rhymes and stuff he always is kind of a ballad uh singer in my book good singer but that's kind of the way david was he would always tell a, a story in his psalms and so a lot of people attribute this to david during his time when he was on the run from king saul Uh, in fear of his life, felt all alone, everybody had kind of rejected him. Other people attribute it to the time when when his son tried to overthrow the kingdom and become the king and that he was kind of on the run there for a little short time and some people attribute it to that. But basically it explains itself in the first line there, if you've got your Bibles, it'll say, for the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. And this is the first psalm really that has an identity that goes beyond uh, this was maybe written by David. Uh, it's possible it was possible it was something that David never finished. They finished it and, and put that at the beginning. But essentially, it's just kind of a psalm about what to do and how sometimes we feel. Because in this psalm, it starts out, and this is probably one of the most famous lines from this psalm, is the deer longs for the streams of water, so I long for you, O Lord. Uh, as a deer pants after... Uh, streams of water, so my heart pants after you, is probably the way you've heard it in song version. He goes on and says, I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have tears, only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where is this God of yours? And he goes on, and we're not, again, I'm not going to read the whole psalm. You can read it uh, whenever you get home, Psalm 42 and 43, most likely all written together. If you read them, you'll see why uh, most people assume that. It's kind of on the same theme. But one of the, one of the 
reoccurring things in both of these psalms is, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Sometimes we, uh, we get discouraged, we get down in the mouth, we, and, and sometimes we'll even ask ourselves, why am I feeling this way? We look around and we say, there's, there's plenty of things to be thankful for, why am I feeling this way? Any, do any of y'all ever self-talk? Okay, it's, it's really not a bad thing. Fact is, I heard a long time ago, it's not wrong to talk to yourself. It's whenever you begin to answer that the problem lies. Uh, whenever you say, hey, self, and self says, huh? <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> but here, the, the psalmist, whoever wrote this, if it was David, if it was the sons of Korah, whoever it was, they talked to themselves, why am I feeling this way? I don't understand why I'm so discouraged. I don't understand why my heart is so sad. And then he goes on to self-talk, I will put my hope in the Lord. And guess what? He says this about four times in these two psalms. Why am I feeling so sad? Why is my heart broken within me? I'll put my hope in the Lord. And he continues that all the way through. So this is a, a, a time, if you've ever had a tough time in your life or you're going through a tough time in your life, it really, really explains sometimes how we feel. But this morning, we're going to talk about how on earth can I feel God's presence? How can I keep looking up when I'm feeling down? Let's pray. We'll get into the message. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence that we feel in this place this morning. And Lord, whenever you show up, uh, we always expect you to show out. And so, Lord, I pray that during this time you would move among us, your people. We are very, very thankful, as we said earlier, Lord, about all the things you do for us. But, Lord, we also know that you're not done with us. So, Lord, would you continue to work in us and through us and around us and on our behalf. And, Lord, even during this time while we're in here, maybe there's something that we left behind that we felt like we should have been tending to, but we made this a priority, to come in here, to worship you, to hear your word. And so, Lord, would you take care of our business while we're in here taking care of our business with you? Would you meet us at our point of need? Would you help us? Lord, that's the easiest way to say it. Would you help us? And so, Lord, we thank you in advance for the good things you're going to do. And we just give you praise for it all. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said... Amen. So how do we feel the presence of God? How can I feel the presence of God? How can I keep looking up when I'm feeling down? One of the things that, that I think is paramount uh, to getting the victory in these situations is to realize that everybody goes through these things. Everybody experiences times when, when God seems far away. There are times whenever we pray and it feels like our prayers get about this high and just fall to the floor. There are times whenever, uh, as, as some of the people in the Old Testament wrote, it's, it's like the heavens are brass. Just like we can't make any breakthrough. We can't, we can't get, get our prayers to heaven. We can't get them to God's ears. It seems like God is so far away. And one of the things that I think sometimes that we don't realize is that everybody goes through that. When we are going through that, when we're experiencing that, sometimes we feel all alone. I must be the only one that has ever felt like this what is wrong with me you ever said that before what is wrong i say it sometimes about other things uh, as i have shared with you i i give god quite a few laughs i think 
I always am doing stuff that, that just makes me, I'll just laugh at myself, and, and sometimes my self-talk goes a little negative. I'll say, you big dummy, what are you doing? I have shared with you some of the things that I've done through the years. There was one time I had a check that I needed to run by the bank and get cashed. And so I am pretty prone to, uh, I'll get to doing something and my mind will go far away. And so I thought, you know, I'm not going to run by the bank, you know, drive by it. I'm, I need to go by the bank and deposit this check. So what I'll do to keep myself from forgetting it, I will put it in between my thumb and my four, my index finger and that way while I'm driving I will remember that check I'm about half a mile past the bank when I look down and I say you big dummy (laughs) it didn't do any good for you to remind yourself so I turn around catch the first place I can turn around easily and I'm going back to the bank while my mind wanders again and I'm halfway back home when I realize I'm not headed home, I'm going to the bank. And the whole time I've got this thing in my hand. So sometimes I think I give the Lord a pretty good little laugh. There was another time that one time, and this is honest to goodness, uh, it was up in Kentucky at the church up there and the mailbox was out on the street. So I'm getting ready to leave one evening and I decide I'm going to, I haven't uh, remembered that I haven't got the mail that day. So I go out to the mailbox, I'll get the mail and if there's anything important, I'll run it back in. If not, I'll just, if it's junk mail, I'll just throw it away at home. So I'm going through the, going through the mail as I'm coming back to the vehicle. And I open up the door and I, I throw my leg in. I don't know how most people get in, but I always throw my, my right leg up in there. Some people sit down and then turn their legs around. How many of you do that? How many of you sit down and then put your legs in the car? A few people. Well, how many of you like me, you throw your right leg in if you're getting in? So I open up the door. I'm still kind of going through the mail, throw my leg up in there. And just for a split second, I thought to myself, where is the steering wheel? And I had opened up the back door to my car <laughs> and was already had the leg in there. I was going through the mail, and I'm just like, first thing you do in those situations is you look around to make sure nobody saw you. And then you slam the door like you meant to. And then, then you get in the front. So anyway, I, I, I think I give the Lord lots of, lots of laughter. But sometimes, uh, sometimes when we're self-talking, it can really go negative. And sometimes we think, what did I do to deserve this? If you look at the book of Job, that's one of the things that as Job has gone through all these calamities and things, he, what, what did I do to deserve this? Why am I going through this? What is going on? Oh, if I could just have a moment with God. And that's kind of what the psalmist here is saying. When can I stand before him? In other words, when can I get an opportunity to argue my case? In the meantime, I'm pretty down. Why am I feeling this way? What is going on? So the thing that we need to realize is that everybody goes through times just like this. Fact is, um, you know, used to, I thought life was kind of linear. You go through... Uh, you know, my, my grandmother had a saying that has proven out to be true, but she said life is in tens, decades. You're, you're a child for 10 years. Then you're a teenager for 10 years. Then you're a young adult getting married, all that kind of stuff for 10 years. Then you're then you having kids for about 10 years. Then the kids are, are growing up and you're dealing with teenagers for about 10 years there. And, and so all of a sudden, then the next 10 years, the kids are moved away from home and then the next 10 years, you're thinking about retirement. And so 
you know, you tend to think, we tend to think of life as linear, but what I have come to the conclusion of is that life is secular. It just kind of rolls on. You're making, you're making forward movement, but we tend to go through seasons. And if you look at uh, creation, you look at the Old Testament, you know, to everything there is a season, all this kind of stuff. If you look at it, he said that seasons would not change, that they would continue until the end of time. The seed time and harvest and all that good stuff. And so what I have come to the conclusion that is in our lives, we will all have seasons. And those seasons tend to roll back around just like spring, summer, fall, and winter do. We, we tend to go through sometimes the same things over a period of time in our lives. There's going to be times when we have that mountaintop experience that we feel the presence of God in everything that we do. And how many of you love that mountaintop experience? Oh, yes. And then there are times whenever just like uh, when fall comes and the leaves begin to dry up, we see times when we think, oh, my goodness, what is going on in my life? Why, why is it seemingly that everything's kind of withering and I don't feel that presence of God like I did a long time ago? And then there's the winter that comes. And we're thinking, what on earth have I done? Why, how have I missed the presence of God? It feels so cold. I feel so cold. I feel so numb to everything. And then all of a sudden, springtime comes again. And we feel the presence of God in everything that we do. And we get on that mountaintop experience and it's like, wow, I remember all that time ago whenever I thought I was going through all that. And I thought I would never feel this again. It was a man that I encountered several years ago, and he has gone on to be with the Lord. But in the meantime, he had gone through, a, lived a lot of life, I'll put it that way. And probably some of his mess was of his own making. But essentially, he had lost his family, his wife, and he had divorced. His son got kind of strung out on drugs and all this kind of stuff. And, and he said, I just never thought thought I would be able to come back into the presence of the Lord. And we had invited him to church, and he came. First his wife came, and then he came with her. And, 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 and man, the, the Lord just restored the joy of his salvation. It was like, and I remember talking to him one time, and he, I mean, just big tears coming down his eyes. And he said, I never thought I would be able to feel the Lord's presence again. And he meant it. He said, I never felt like I would ever be able to come into the Lord's presence and not feel condemnation. I never thought I'd be able to, to come into a service and, and be able to sing songs and, and worship like this. And this was after a, a Sunday morning service, and the Lord had really moved in that service. And, and everybody there, I, I suppose, had felt the presence of the Lord. And he said, I never, ever thought this would happen again. And that's whenever I began to realize that things are cyclical, that we go through seasons and there's dry times and there's times whenever things growing and lush and wonderful and then there's times whenever it seems like it's drying up and, and then there's times whenever we, we go through these cycles. And one of the things that we have to realize is that wherever we are at in that cycle of things, that it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's that we lose feeling when we're in these times. Why am I feeling this way? Was the psalmist 
over and over and over again. Why am I feeling this way? Why is my heart so sad within me? One of the things he says, I remember the way it used to be. And sometimes we convince ourselves, and with the help of the enemy, we, we convince ourselves it will never be like that again, just like the fellow I was just talking about. I didn't think I'd ever be able to come into a, a service and feel the presence of the Lord like that. And we convince ourselves we've done something, we've, we, we've gone the wrong way, where is God? That was one of the things that the psalmist here in this, in this psalm keeps, he says, why? Must I wander around in grief? Why am I oppressed by my enemies? Why have you forgotten me? You ever said that to the Lord? God, where are you? Has anybody ever taunted you like, uh, like this guy's enemies? Where, where is this God you're always talking about? Because sometimes we, when we're really feeling the presence, sometimes we can, we can uh, kind of present that in a bad way to other people. And then when we go through tough times, they'll say, where is that God you were talking about? So this is everything that this psalmist was feeling, whether it's David, whether it's the sons of Korah, whoever. And we're going through that tough time. And the thing that we have to remind ourselves of is everybody goes through times just like this. We lose that feeling. We lose concentration. How many of you ever gone through something and, and you'd sit down to do your work and it's just like your mind wouldn't settle enough that you could even concentrate on what you were doing? Sometimes we long for fellowship that we don't have with God to long for fellowship with each other. And then sometimes we, uh, we kind of fall out of the practice, which is what that guy did, of coming to church and seeking the Lord and reading his word. And that just compounds the problem. So everybody goes through things like this. One of, one of the things that if you don't get anything else out of this message this morning is just remember these few words whenever you're going through a tough time. My favorite scripture, one of my favorite scriptures, y'all have been, I've been with y'all now for a long time, so you know I've got a lot of favorite, favorite scriptures. But one of my favorite scriptures is, and it came to pass. Amen. That has gotten through me through some of the toughest times in my life. It came to pass. It came to pass. Hallelujah. It did not come to stay. That can get you through some tough times. <laughs> Hallelujah. It did not come to stay. One of the greatest things you can remind yourself of when you're going through something like this. Somebody say amen. So what's the next thing? Everybody has questions. Everybody wonders, why did it go down this way? What, why is it like this? What is going on here? What is wrong with me? All those things. Again, he asks the question, why, a whole bunch in these two psalms. Why is it like this? Why is this going on? Why am I wandering around in grief? Why am I oppressed? All this kind of stuff. And, and sometimes what we've got to do is realize that it's okay. Sometimes I've heard people say, oh, you don't need to question God. Here's the thing. God's a big boy. Amen. And he can handle anything that I might quiz him about. Now, he might not be as happy with me as I'd like for him to be. But here's the thing. If you look at the book of Job, and it says that he was perfect and upright before God. Think about that for a second. Perfect in every way. Evidently, probably one of the most perfect men there has ever been. Reaching for my glasses, and they're over here. That's another one of those times. <laughs> so, 
here's the thing. If he quizzed God on all this stuff, and you read sometimes, read, take a little gander at the book of Job and look at everything that he says. Fact is, he says some stuff that we would say, that's nonsense. He even says, I wish I hadn't been born. I cursed the day I was born. Oh, that I could just have a minute with God. Oh, that I could just ask him, why is all this happening to me? See, here's the thing. God can handle every bit of that. Amen? He's got big shoulders, a whole bunch bigger than mine or yours or all of us put together. He can handle a few questions. Now, like Job, you may not always get the answers. Fact is, whenever, basically the only answer that Job ever got was, who are you to question me? Okay? But he didn't scold him, and he restored him over and over and over and over again everything he'd lost. So ultimately, we know that God was not displeased with him. So whenever you've got the questions, give them to God. And let, let him know what's on your heart. Let him know what's on your mind. And again, that question that the psalmist keeps asking over and over again, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Not wrong to come to God with everything that you're feeling. And here's the deal. He already knows it anyway. Why do we sometimes think we can pull a fast one on God? If I'll just tell him I feel this way, then he'll surely know I don't really feel that way. Amen? If he knows the very intent of our hearts, why don't we just come clean with him to begin with? God, here I am, and you know what I'm feeling, and I don't like how I'm feeling, and I don't know why I'm feeling this way, so God, would you help me? I mean, doesn't that just cut to the chase? Sometimes I think we play ring around the rosy with God. We're saying one thing and acting another, and we're doing this and doing that, when God just wants us to come and say, this is, <laughs> here I am, warts and all, and God, would you help me? Wouldn't that just dispense with all that other stuff? So the, ultimately, it, it comes down to the fact that we know that God loves us, that we know that he cares about us, and that any question that we have, just like we wouldn't scold our children for, for asking a question. What we do is try to answer them to the best of our ability. And, and then they say, but why? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so the third thing that I want you to get out of this morning is whenever God seems absent, it's time for growth on our part. It's time, it, it, it seems like we have the opportunity to do something with that. And what we have to do is, whenever God seems far away, how can I keep looking up when I'm feeling down? How can I feel the presence of God? The psalmist answers his own question. And he says, why am I feeling so? Why is my heart like this? Why is my heart broken within me? Why am I walking around with grief? Why am I feeling all these things? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? And the very next sentence, every time he says that little phrase, he says, I will put my hope in God. And see, ultimately... Again, if we remind ourselves, this is, this, this, it came to pass. This whole life that we experience here came to pass. We're here for 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. And that's it. In the scheme of things, like James says, it's like a morning fog. It's here for a moment and then pff, it's gone. Don't even know where it went. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to leave here today, but I've, I've got my ticket ready, and I'm ready to go. Amen? I don't want to go on the next bus load, but I've got my ticket. And as I've told you many, many times, I, my plan is to live to 100 years old and run out of mind, body, and money on the same day. <laughs> that would be my desire. That would be my wish. God, let me live to be 100 and run out of mind, body, and money all on the same day and not in, in any specific order uh, different than that. Amen? That, that's the way I'd want to be. And sometimes we don't get our wish. Sometimes our bodies run out. Sometimes we have to have a new hip or some, some such or stent or whatever. But ultimately, what we've got to realize is this is a very, very short dime in the scheme of things. So what is the other part of that is in that short time on this earth, there's a whole big eternity that's out there. And if we're sure of where we're going, if we have put our hope in God, then ultimately, when you realize this is such a short time in the scheme of things, we can endure anything amen in the scheme that we have this huge eternity to spend with god i put my hope in god what is hope you've heard me talk about uh, paul calls it our blessed hope is that time whenever jesus comes back whenever he appears in the clouds and says come on up and poof just like that we're going to be caught up out of here, whether we go by way of the grave or we're alive and remain whenever he comes back. We are going to be changed, transformed in the twinkling of an eye, always to be with the Lord. Three amens. Always to be with the Lord. Oh, yeah, that's a little better. That's our hope. Our blessed hope is what Paul calls it. But what is our hope? I've used this illustration many, many times, but it's something that almost weekly, I guess, comes to me. And it is a movie, it's an old movie now. It wasn't at one time when I first watched it. But it was a, a Jack Nicholson movie. Did I say that? Yeah, Nicholson. I always get Jack Nicholas and Jack Nicholson and get those names confused. Nicholas is a golfer, Nicholson is the actor. And it's a movie about Jack Nicholson. And in this movie, he's got CDO real bad. Some people call it OCD, but it looks better in alphabetical order, if you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, my doctor says I'm paranoid, but that's only because he doesn't like me. I got dad jokes. <laughs> so Jack Nicholson's got uh, OCD, and to the point that he's just debilitating. And, I mean, he gets out of... of a bar of soap, washes his hands with it, scalding hot water, then throws the soap away and gets out another bar of soap, washes his hands, and, and then another one. If it's really, and so he's having this really bad episode, and he's wanting to see a psychiatrist, and they can't work him in. They said, if you come in, maybe you can work you in. So he goes in, he sits down, and camera kind of goes to a first-person thing and scans the room, and everybody in there is just as off as he is. And he jumps up and he says, what, hence the name of the movie, what if this is as good as it gets? What if this is all there is? And I say that about this whole thing that we're living that we call life. 
what if this was as good as it got? I don't know about you, I'd be very disappointed. Amen? If this is all there is, why don't we go rob a bank and buy us a new Mercedes with the money and live high on the hog? That's an old country saying, but <laughs> we could live high on the hog. Why, is, why don't we do that? Because we know this is not all there is. Our hope is in something that goes beyond this earth. This is not all there is. If you take a little account of your life and you say, if this is all this is, I would be very disappointed like I just did, then you've got to put your hope somewhere else. And what is that hope? That we're not in this alone. That God is for us and not against us. That we are through him the head and not the tail. That we are above and not beneath. That we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That we one day will get to spend eternity in heaven with him. And there will be no more sorrow, no sadness, no sickness, no disease, no death. Amen. And if that don't get you crank turning, it's rested up. Amen. Because here's the thing, if we put our hope in him, you've heard me say this before, faith is our, is our activator. Love is our motivator, that's what causes, should cause us to do what we do because of his love in us. It ought to cause us to do something. Uh, faith is the activator that makes stuff happen on this earth, our faith in Christ. But hope is our elevator that gets our eyes off of this stuff that we are dealing with on a lateral level and raises our, our view to something higher than what we can see. Amen? That, that we know that there's something out there that he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare that place, there's going to come a day whenever I'm going to come back, receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Amen? He's getting it ready. And I'm telling you what, sometimes we go through things in life that we feel just like the psalmist did here in Psalm 42 and 43. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? You know what? There's coming a day when he is going to split open that eastern sky. And he's going to call my name and your name if you are in him. And we are going to leave this life. Amen. Never, I don't even think we'll think about it anymore. It says there's no sorrow, no sadness in heaven. I don't see how we can even ponder what happened on this earth without being sad or sorrowful. It's going to be like a new start. It's going to be like a new day forever and ever and ever. We may go through sorrows. We may go through grief on this earth, but there is a day coming, and it says that weeping may endure for the night, but hallelujah, joy comes in the morning. Amen? And that's going to be the, the eternal daytime. There's not going to be any more time as we know it in heaven. So once that day starts, it won't ever end. Amen? So here's the thing. Maybe, maybe this morning you're not going through something. Maybe you're on top of the mountain. Say hallelujah for a minute. <laughs> if you've not lived long enough as a, as a believer to, to have slid down, I mean, there are claw marks all the way down the backside of that mountain. Part of them are mine. 
Amen? Because I don't like leaving that mountaintop experience. But one thing I know, you can't grow on the mountaintop. There comes a point, if you go out west, you go out far enough, and go up high enough, there's what they call the tree line, and nothing grows much beyond that. No big trees for sure. We can't grow on the mountaintop experience. That's what the children of Israel were going through. They had God there every day, 24-7. And yet they didn't grow. Their faith didn't grow. It's, you go down in those deep, 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 dark valleys, and that's where you'll see some of the biggest trees ever that grow. Because that's where we grow. It tests us. It tries us. It stretches our faith. And it grows. And so ultimately, what we got to do is realize it's seasonal. Seasons come and seasons go. And thank God, it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, right now, we thank you for everything that you do for us. Thank you for the fact that you hear us even when we're distressed, even when times when we don't think you're hearing, Lord, you hear. And so, Lord, maybe there's somebody in this room that's crying out this morning, just like the psalmist did. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? God, would you lift them up today? Would you just wrap your arms of love around them that they might be able to feel your presence. It's not about feelings, but Lord, sometimes it is very, very good for us to feel that. So would you just wrap your arms around them today? Love on them. Let them crawl up in your lap as our Heavenly Father. And Lord, would you just give them a kiss on the forehead? Whisper in their ear. It's going to be all right. Lord, sometimes we go through things just like our kids on this earth we get boo-boos that we think will never go away but Lord you know that they will so Lord would you kiss that boo-boo and make it better Lord maybe there's somebody here that's celebrating they are on that mountaintop Lord would you celebrate with them would you weep with those that weep would you rejoice with those that rejoice Lord, would you let us be able to sense your presence in all that we do and help us keep our eyes where they belong and that is on you and on that prize of heaven one day. So Lord, I thank you for that. While every head's still bowed, every eye's still closed, if you're here this morning and maybe you can't say 100% sure, I know if I left here today that I'd go to heaven. Guess what? You have an opportunity to change that. If you're here you say, I just need to make something right. Maybe you're like that fella that I talked about. Maybe you say, I don't think I could ever feel the presence of God again. Guess what? You can. So if that's you and you just simply say, I just want to make it right with the Lord today. I want to renew that relationship with him. Nobody's looking around, not going to embarrass you, not going to call you up front. But if you need to just pray and make something right with him, it's very, very easy. And if you just say, preacher, I want you to pray with me, would you just slip your hand up right now? Yes. Anyone else? Very quickly. Yes. Yes. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being so merciful, so kind. You said that your mercies renew every day. So, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, would you listen as we just pour out our hearts to you. Lord, you know where we miss it. You know where we're weak. You know the things that we need to put before you. And Lord, you, need the, you know the areas that we need your help so much in. 
So, Lord, as, as we just lift all these things up, would you just come alongside us? And, Lord, as we renew that relationship, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Lord, we confess our weaknesses. We confess our sins. And, Lord, would you just forgive those? And you said in your word that you would. So we thank you for that. Lord Jesus, we know what you did for us. You paid the price so that we could go to heaven one day. I thank you for loving us that much. But while we're here on this earth, would you lead us and guide us and direct us and fill us with your Holy Spirit and with your joy. And we thank you, Lord, for doing all these things. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.